Hello, hello, hello. Uh, hi, Luke. This time we have somebody very, very special. One of my my favorite projects um, from my, one of my favorite projects, a browser which I use day on day, Brave browser. From there and uh, and having another token called Bat, uh, we have Luke. So, Luke, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'm uh, Luke Mulks. I'm the VP of Business Operations at Brave and Bat, and I've uh, been here for uh, quite a long time. I was uh, one of, I think I was a 12th or 13th full-time hire that we had at Brave, um, but I started working with the project back in 2016, uh, in, in around March of 2016. So I'm excited to be here. Very interesting, very interesting. How did uh, uh, crypto happen for you? Uh, it's always an exciting story, so want to hear your side. Yeah, yeah, no. So I kind of, uh, I think, you know, especially at the time, you know, 2015, 2014, crypto kind of found me. <laughs> I was, uh, I was in advertising and um, always having an interest in kind of, you know, what's going on in the digital landscape. And um, at the time, you know, there blocked uh, Bitcoin was kind of, you know, was, had been around for a while, um, but wasn't, uh, it was the one I was most familiar with basically um, back in, in 2015. And uh, and then I kind of fell into Brave and Brave was using Bitcoin as a way to do uh, publisher payments at the time. It was just all kind of in the design phase, but um, but yeah, that's where, you know, so so my, my, my history with uh, Bitcoin goes back to about 2015. Very nice. And have you been always in the advertising and, uh, and, online advertising and browser spaces. Oh, it's interesting. So, like, I, I kind of I started off in uh, in in media on the media side in uh, book, book book publishing, uh, print publishing at first, uh, doing production work, and I always was kind of doing things um, on the internet. And you know, early days of just kind of you know HTML coding pages and uh, you know web two very early. Uh, and and so in my I was always interested in the web. Uh, I but I kind of started with print media, and then I got into publishing, and then everything became digital. Um, and then I started doing a few startups of my own um, and then I kind of fell into advertising after that in around 2011 and uh, it was right in an interesting time with advertising too because Google was just starting to really kind of you know pick up momentum with uh, they bought DoubleClick this big uh, ad server back then and uh, and so it, I saw there the whole rise of programmatic advertising um, and how that impacted the startup space and then you know how that kind of got way out of control and then uh, and then I kind of uh, saw what Brave was doing. I just happened to kind of stumble upon it, and um, it seemed like the first real kind of uh, uh, solution, you know, to to a lot of these problems. That wasn't just like, oh well, users are using an ad blocker, so here's how you can make some pennies off of forcing ads on them, even though they don't want that. You know, there there weren't very many solutions in the market at all. There weren't any really that tried to really kind of address the whole the whole problem and, and and from the user's point of view, from the publisher's point of view, and then from, you know, the browser's point of view. And so I saw Brave doing what Brave was doing back then. And uh, and I decided to kind of start working with them a bit. Very, very, very cool. And uh, just to get a little bit more understanding of your role, what is business ops? <laughs> what do you do on a day-to-day -day basis? No, it's a great question. So, um, so I started at Brave as kind of a, a ad tech specialist um, because that's where I did. I was a director of ad products at my role prior to coming to Brave, um, and so I worked with you know Google and a lot of these big publishers uh, and kind of selling the ad server uh, technology to the publishers. And then we also did service work. So anytime there was like a new ad product that would come in, uh, I would work with our operations and sales and development teams to kind of get everything running, right? Um, and I came to Brave. And so a lot of the initial work I did at Brave was around kind of getting around people that were trying to block, uh, circumvent advertising or ad blocking, right? So there were a lot of companies that were kind of, or publisher sites that were trying to kind of, you know, uh, go against the user's decision. So a lot of my work was spent kind of focusing on those problems at first, but then I started working on the white paper for BAT. Um, and that's where I came in, you know, I, I, I had a lot of uh, expertise in advertising and kind of how the industry worked and, uh, and what the real problems were. And so I started working with the team on, uh, on the white paper. Um, and then uh, we were, especially at the time, it was over 90% of the company was engineering. And so our CBO and I were like two people on the team that, you know, could go in and start to do business types of deals. And so um, I started working closely with our CBO. 
Um, and, and it all kind of was iterative. So, you know, early it was about kind of just getting partnerships on to kind of get them familiar with what we were trying to bring to market. Um, and then as we built up the ad server and as we built out all these other pieces of the Brave ecosystem, um, getting things operational became, you know, more and more of a pressing need. And so what my role is here is to kind of focus on like, okay, from the business side of things like business operations, like, okay, everything from advertising operations, like running campaigns. to like making sure that if we have new products that come out that deal with revenue, that we are making sure that we can account for the revenue and making sure that we have things as automated as possible, et cetera. So a lot of my work's around kind of just making sure that, you know, the trains are running on time, but a lot of it's also around like, look, we've got this really interesting thing here where you've got a mix of privacy by design uh, that our engineering design and development teams have been building into this product. And then you've also got the ability to, you know, do business in that environment, right? So ways that we can use a token and, and kind of create new value opportunities for our users, but also like show businesses, hey, here's a way that you can not only like use these blockchain based services for what you're doing, but also do it with the best privacy in the market. And so there's still this kind of like a little bit of development, like business development role in, in what I'm doing now, because this is what I was a, a director of business development before I came into, we started the business operations division in Brave. And so, um, you know, quite a bit of, of development work still, but also just kind of making sure that all the business stuff is working and that we have a team that's ready to scale a lot of the business um, as we go forward. Yeah, yeah, perfect, perfect. This is this is great. And one thing which in your conversation, it, it, I kind of understood and it is kind of implied. So I want to clarify on that. So did, did for, the, for, for Brave as a company, did the browser, Brave browser come first and the, and the back token came later, correct? Yeah, yeah, that's a great, it's a great point too, because, um, you know, I can go and do a little bit of detail on that too. So back in, uh, uh, we had our token sale with the bat uh, on May 31st, 2017, right? And um, we were one, and this is like right when, you know, all these uh, initial coin offerings and the ICO craze was really getting big and there was a big run up on Ethereum too around that time. Um, one of the things that made us stand out at the time, because there were, you know, if you look between 2017 or 2016 and 2018, there were probably, you know, a couple thousand projects that came out uh, of the woodwork, right? Uh, and so we were one of the few that not only had like a working product, but had a working product with users that already was using Bitcoin um, integrated with it. Uh, and so we were, we kind of had this running start. Um, and then we had this team with Brendan Ike and Brian Bondi and Jan Zhu, all these like really influential people that um, had done a lot of really excellent work. And so what made Brave stand out was that we had this product, that it wasn't, you know, so much of what was happening at the time was kind of vaporware and selling, you know, white papers basically to people and, and hopes and dreams and all of that. And what we were doing was like, look, like we already have kind of a working functional proof of concept. Let's uh, for, on the publisher side, let's transition that to bat and then let's build up this, you know, ecosystem with private advertising and all these other angles. So that's what stood us apart from everybody was kind of that we had a working product that we had a serious team that was working on that product already and that we were already uh, getting users with that product. And so, you know, the products changed quite a bit <laughs> from from then to now. But uh, but, you know, it was one of the things that kind of drew me to Brave too initially was that, you know, these are serious people and they have a real product that they're working with perfect perfect that was actually very insightful uh, I, I i actually want to spend more time on this uh, yeah. because this is not not usually how a lot of crypto projects do these days so uh, a couple of questions which come from here one uh before the token sale which is which you're talking about 2017 may 31st uh there was a product so how was the company funded till then how did the company initiate and reach the level of getting to a product yeah, yeah, and that's a great question. So we had uh, some initial angel uh, seed funding that we had, and then uh, we had a round that we did with uh, some VC round, like initial, like a uh, early stage found uh, round. And so we had some runway there. Um, and it was an interesting thing about doing the token sale when we did it too, was that, you know, this was very new <laughs> uh, for, for everybody in the space. And so, um, you know, it probably saved us from having to do additional rounds uh, because we were able to develop, fund the development of the project uh, partially, at least through you know the token sale but yeah it was it was silicon valley kind of like uh, you know startup story yeah 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 and, and what we were doing 
what we were doing too was kind of uh, open source too. So we had a lot of, you know, we, we, at the time we weren't forked over on Chromium on the front end, but we were using Chromium on the back end. Uh, and then we used a, our own kind of electron fork that we called Muon back then um, before we did the Chromium front end fork, which happened a couple of years later. So, so part of this was using open source, you know, uh, technology and ethos, and then, you know, a little bit of um, uh, initial investment to kind of get things going. And so, so after that, after ICO, after the token sale, have you ever raised, uh, has there ever, has there ever been a need for the company to raise equity capital as well? Yeah, we, we did. I mean, like it, it wasn't immediate or anything, but you know, we're one of those projects that's been around for a little bit longer than some of yes. these other, you know, blockchain based projects. Right. So like Brave started in 2015 and, and, you know, here we are in 2021. And so there was a period of time there where we weren't really focused on having to raise funds, but, you know, at the same time, you're building more product and, uh, and hiring more people and, you know, the burn rate goes up. And so it, we, we waited for a while and then we did another round and, uh, and then, yeah, and it's kind of just you know growing the company from you know 12 people to over 100 that we're at now i think we're at 120 ish roughly uh people and it but the funny thing is is that you know that might sound like quite a leap but if you look at like i think chrome security team on their browser is like over 100 people so it's kind of this it's kind of this like blend where you know there's always this idea that uh or, or this narrative and focus that we're kind of like david chasing goliath you know with the big tech but at the same time also trying to kind of you know push everything forward that we're doing and and be competitive on with with some of the smaller uh companies as well very nice very nice so so uh, uh how do you so you drive value to the token more uh, or uh, you 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 guys can do both, right? Uh, there are models which exist in which you can drive value both to equity as well as to token. Yeah, I mean, like what we're trying to do and kind of what the white paper addresses is like, look, creating kind of this detention economy with the token, right, in the browser. And if we do that, it means like having advertisers coming in, buying advertising that uses the token that goes to the user, right? So if what we've always been focused on and what we continue to focus on is, uh, you know, building that ecosystem, building that economy, because if you can start with the foundation correctly with that thing, then you can plug in all sorts of different utility for BAT. And for us, it's one of those things where, we made bat a one-time issuance of bat there's a total market cap on i mean there's a total cap supply on what we're doing um and and at the same time you know that advertisers are buying campaigns that use bat brave is growing right so you have this kind of dynamic where you've got this growing and growing user base that's adopting the token while you've also got advertisers with this constant demand generation coming in through every month they're buying more and more ad campaigns and so you can see when we add things like you know self-serve advertising and other things like that uh that can continue to like generate demand that uh you know you'll have this this virtuous cycle here where you've got advertisers buying campaigns tokens from those campaigns going to users users supplying you know the content creators and then also you know purchasing other things that accept that in the ecosystem so it's kind of this yeah we're, we're building off of that it was kind of v1 and now we're plugging DeFi in that's kind of uh, a v2 it's kind of like okay you've got this attention economy DeFi has exploded like how can we plug you know the attention economy and DeFi together right and that's kind of where our, our second version roadmap uh, covered a lot of that Okay, tell us a little bit about that. How do you, yeah, we would love to know more about that. Yeah, yeah, sure. So in February, we released a, a roadmap version two for BAT. Um, and I'd encourage anybody to take a look at it on the brave, uh, brave.com slash blog. You can go take a look at our, our roadmap version two. But it kind of takes what we did with, uh, you know, this foundation where you've got, you know, users getting rewarded from advertising, publishers getting, uh, and creators getting rewarded from users, and then, plugs in like, okay, well, you know, if I'm brave and I'm trying, our sales team's trying to sell advertising to a brand, that brand is also advertising on Facebook and Google and everywhere else. So it's a competition for ad dollars, right? Um, but there's some interesting things with DeFi that we can start to begin to offer advertisers that they weren't even aware of. And, and same with users too, right? So if you look at brave, the first bit on our new roadmap, kind of focuses on unifying this wallet in Brave. Right now, if you look on our desktop product, we have three different wallets. We have a Chromium kind of save credit card or save payment option that comes with the browser, basically. Um, we have Brave Rewards, which users opt in 
you know, our, our rewards ecosystem wallet. And then we have a Web3 wallet that's kind of a fork of MetaMask um, or crypto wallet. And so what we're doing as a first part of this roadmap is basically unifying all of those together into one wallet interface. So you have like custodial options, you've got Web3 options, you've got standard payment options with credit or debit cards all together in one location in the browser. And then when you do that, you can start to use this area as kind of like an educational area for people that maybe aren't as familiar, but they want to learn how to, you know, use crypto or, you know, give them options. Like the great thing about what we're doing with BAT is that users don't have to fully understand crypto in order to like start earning it. They can just go in and turn it on and then just browse the internet and earn tokens. Right. And so, Unifying this wallet gives us more opportunities to kind of introduce new passive earning options for users. So like, uh, I don't know if you guys follow, but Gemini, like uh, they're one of our partners and they have a, a card that they're coming out with, like a, a debit credit card that they're coming out with where you actually earn crypto back on your purchases. Well, this unified wallet would be great for you to take a e-commerce, you know, take a, take a card option like that, save it, and then use that for e-commerce purchases. And so like, okay, I'm earning BAT from crypto or for from e-commerce purchases that I'm using with a credit card while I'm earning bat from viewing ads and maybe I you know have an account with Gemini and we release user wallets like where you can verify with Gemini well all of a sudden all this bat is going to one place right um, then you can look at something like they do with earn where you can earn interest on that bat and then start to actually play with DeFi with this too and that's kind of the really interesting thing here is that a lot of the focus with DeFi is like being your own bank. And it's like so much more than that. It's like, you know, here's this brave can bring this ecosystem together in a way that others can't where you're using, you know, you can get rewards from crypto, from payments, from using e-commerce and all of your digital life along with your attention and your digital life. And then ways that we can link that to the, the real world too, you know, cause there's a lot of this going on in marketing and advertising. So we see this as kind of like this bridge between brave is this bridge between, you know, web two and web three that really has, you know, is really kind of looking out for the user too, at the same time. Cause that's something that's really not even talked about <laughs> enough is, is, you know, everybody talks about data being the new oil and all this stuff, but nobody really talks about where that data comes from, what that really means even, you know, and, uh, and, and it kind of comes down to the principles of what you're doing. You know, are you giving away your user's data? Like the browser's the user's agent, right? Like that, that user should have agency and control over where their data goes, who can collect it and all of that. But what the problem has been that, you know, the internet has gone in a different direction. Like monetization has gone in a different direction. It's assumed that if I go to a web page, all these companies can harvest my data because I'm not paying them <laughs> for that web page, which wasn't necessarily something I agreed to, um, but it's just kind of how it's played out. And so Brave wants to change all of that by starting first with the user and figuring out like, okay, here's how you can have a user experience that's protected you know, where your privacy is protected. Now let's give you options to be your own bank. Let's give you options to earn from your attention. Let's give you options to spend that, the, the, those tokens that you're earning, you know, in different ways and kind of like really stand up this web three model in a way that, you know, uh, that nobody else can. Yeah, no, we, we stand for the same stuff. We also talk about invest, earn and spend. And mm -hmm. uh, we know the entire thing about Gemini you talked about. Uh, the only thing is that we have a, we, it's not about rewards in our, in our cards. We have a card too. Uh, our card is around spend your coin. So if mm -hmm. you have money in your Bitcoin, you can spend using the Visa card. So that's what we do. We, we invented that long time back in 2000, uh, 2000, actually 2013, 14, oh, and wow. ran it in 2018. And then now we are doing it again. We are doing it for uh, non-US, non-European market. Our big market has been Asia, South America, etc., which is which is a big market as well. So that's where yeah. we're on on making. So it's it's the the feeling is mutual. We we also think that um, I think that the Chrome is a or or browser actually is a necessary project a product and uh, using it as a brave browser where you your uh, your habits don't change and you simultaneously keep earning. That's, that's great. So what one thing, this must be one thing which comes from mind and I am sure that this must be being talked about in your organization a lot is, uh, is you're taking on two big companies, um, both <laughs> Microsoft and, uh, 
and Google are in this, and not only that, but even Apple with their big browser uh, Safari in it. So you, your competitors are the 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 Fortune Fortune Ten. Let's put them right. So, <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think about that? Do you see that uh, that they will not adapt uh, uh, what you guys are doing, or where do you see this going from here? Yeah, it's a great question, right? And I think that part of the reason why you know, I mean, like one of the reasons why I joined Brave, uh, and and also I think a lot of the reasons why we're able to kind of uh, get where we've gotten are around kind of the leadership within the company, right? Like um, Brennan Ike, our CEO. Uh, created JavaScript, but also was at Netscape in the 90s and, you know, brought Mozilla Firefox to market. And if you look at what happened when my Mozilla Firefox came to market, it was really similar to today in that you had like Internet Explorer and Microsoft were like what Google Chrome is now back then. And so, you know, Brendan has this really uh, uh, real skill for bringing browsers to market in, in crowded markets where you've got a few big players that are really, uh, you know, have a lot of the dominant market share. And I think that, you know, Without that here, it would be a different story, right? Like um, uh, scaling browser audiences is hard. It's almost like buying a car. You know, you don't really think about a browser, getting a new browser unless the one you're using is really, you know, it's time to get a new one or or unless you see something new that's really interesting, right? Um, and so when we're looking at this, we're kind of thinking at a, we came to market first as a browser, but, um, you know, a browser is really kind of a, a, a base platform that you can use to plug everything else in. And so um, we're also looking at, you know, we just really search, uh, Brave Search just came out uh, beta for that. And, and so, you know, what we're really looking at Brave as is kind of like the super app for, you know, privacy and, and kind of these user first principles that you can, you know, either fully convert over to. So like how much of my Google life can I bring to Brave? And then what can Brave offer that's realistic, right? Like that will, you know, stick with our ethos and and, and maintain privacy and, and bring crypto into it and all of that. But also, you know, what are areas where we can improve uh, upon privacy and in some of in areas where we can't necessarily bring a new product to market. So it's a challenge to balance out um, you know, okay, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of different projects going on, but like making sure that those, you know, core elements are, are where a lot of the focus is. And then what can we do with partners and with, in, you know, on our own to add value to that? So I think uh, last summer, about a year ago, we introduced, a, we worked with this partner, uh, Guardian, and we introduced a VPN for iOS. Um, we're going to be bringing that to all the other platforms as well. And that's something where, you know, we worked with them closely on integrating it into the product and, and uh, we, we like what they're doing and you know they have a lot of the, the same alignment that you would look for with privacy software so we're doing other things like that like we have um brave talk is something we're coming out with soon which is a zoom competitor where it's you know and an encrypted private uh and, and it uses one of the biggest you know we're partnering with one of the biggest uh video uh, uh service infrastructures in the market to, to kind of help scale that globally right and in doing so in a way that you know respects privacy and all that so a lot of challenge around big players in the market at the same time i mean you know we've been here working here since 2016 i'm surprised that there hasn't been more uh challengers in the privacy space coming to market um than what we're seeing now but i think that it just shows you how hard these problems are to solve right like how hard privacy in itself is hard is to solve because you look at like everything with privacy is done globally uh but but everything's you know jurisdictionally country by country right so you have like everyone talks about gdpr which impacts like everybody impacts india impacts the us right um but but then india has their own you know privacy policies that they're working out <laughs> um and and you know some pretty pretty severe consequences um, i'm not sure exactly where that's at uh now but i remember researching it a while ago so we're having to look at these things in in regard to like okay staying competitive um you know with the privacy angle with what's happening globally and most of the time that's fine because what we're doing is eliminating you know the data collection altogether so we are compliant more often than not because we're not leaking user data right like so uh but other areas too you know like if we want to stay competitive well a lot of it's around uh maintaining open source you know development community uh and keeping that moving forward and then uh you know making sure that the product is is worth using right like and that people are retaining in that product in that but i think some of the good things about what we do um you know because we're protecting privacy you end up with a faster browser 
that uses less data that, and these are all things that are important in a lot of countries, no matter where you go. So I think that, you know, if we can kind of carry the banner for, this is what privacy really means in 2021. This is how you can work web three in. Um, these are things that, you know, these bigger companies can't necessarily do because a lot of them are stuck in the old world. Like Google, they have over 90% of their revenue comes from advertising. So they can't necessarily come out and say, hey, this great advertising product we've been doing is actually really bad for privacy because then their shareholders would probably sue them. And so it's an interesting dynamic and balance. And I think a lot of what you're seeing now, because we spent years talking about privacy and almost getting laughed out of the room in some cases, because, you know, people are like privacy advertising. Why do I care? Uh, why do I care? I'm a publisher, you know, or, and then all of a sudden everybody cares about it, right? Apple's talking about it. And, you know, even, you know, Zuckerberg at Facebook and Google, all these companies are talking about it. And the challenge right now is these companies are so big that they can start to almost redefine privacy, right? Like Google can say, Hey, we care a lot about privacy but uh, we're still gonna collect all your data. And it's like, well, that's not really it. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry. Like you can't really define, redefine what privacy means, but that's what's happening a lot. So the challenge has been to kind of like one, maintain, you know, the standard that we've been putting out there around privacy and two, making sure that people know about it and making sure that the experience is also really good. So it's a balancing act. But I think that, you know, if we can keep delivering to key things that people want, and then we can add in token utility on top of that um, so that it's almost like it's just part of the service, right? Like, and, and users, of course, will opt in because we want it to be an opt-in environment. But um, the more that we can kind of almost put crypto on the background as just like a part of this thing that's running, the faster this all adopts. And, and you know, if we just keep delivering what we're delivering and, you know, focusing on, you know, the areas and issues that really matter and solving those problems, I think that, you know, the users will come and they are. I mean, like we, we keep just growing month over month and that, you know, right now is a really interesting time because now people are talking about privacy, but users are actually starting to get upset about what's happened with privacy. And so it's like, once they start to discover these things, they're like, okay, am I helpless? Or, or what can I do? Like, are there products that I can use? And that's where we can come in and say, look, yeah, like here, here's, you, you can move all your bookmarks. You can move everything here in, a, in about a minute. We can get all of your stuff converted over and just switch a couple things on and you're running. And this is the new web, right? Like, and that's what we've been spending a lot of time on. And, and we actually get a lot of flack from people for not promoting the token more. And a lot of what we're doing, it kind of falls to the question of earlier, where it's like, we were a bit different from the beginning in that we had a product. Our focus has always been on growing that product. And if we can grow it in the right ways, then people will come and you'll have a viral effect and we'll market more, of course, as well. But it, it, it's about building it from the, from so the start. What, what comes to our mind is that what is the conversation which you have internally is, are you guys focused on driving more value to the token holder and bringing more utility to the token? Or is the token just an incentive model for user acquisition and user retention? I mean, it's like, yeah, I think it's- Yeah, yeah, I, I think I think it, it's not necessarily a binary thing, I don't think. It, it, it goes hand in hand, right? Like, and, and we always have this contingent, we'll always have a contingent of users that is not interested in crypto or is very much like crypto as in crypto uh, cryptography and not cryptocurrency, right? Like, so that that's always been kind of like a, a percentage of the users, but- Driving value to the token goes hand in hand with scaling a browser and the growth, right? And and it, the reason why we spent the time building the white paper the way we did and building the services that we're building in was to kind of make it so that it doesn't have to be a binary. It's something where if the product worked really well and, and if we're delivering things that people want, the token can be part of that value exchange. And so, you know, the token itself is a unit of account. So we want to make sure that, you know, if it's a service where the token's involved, that the token is serving its purpose, which again, is something that you don't really see a lot with other token projects, but it's because we have this use case that's a bit different. Um, so a lot of the focus is on growing the user base because if we can grow the user base, if we can have that growth, then you can have enough people opting in the token. This thing is designed to be fractional over time, right? Like, like we're not making more of it. So if you have more and more people adopting Brave, opting into the services that use BAT, and then uh, over time, you know, more and more advertisers are buying bigger and bigger campaigns to serve to those users. Um, you, you really get to this uh, fractional, you know, you're really, this thing starts to kind of get a lot more fractional over time. I mean, if you look at how browsers audiences scale, it's a lot different from other apps. It's like, 
you know, the, the usually a slog, it's usually a process to get to a certain point, but then you can start to see this explosive growth. And I think that we'll start to see that more and more with Brave. We've been growing, you know, over 2X over the past year, you know, year over year, the growth has been really solid. I think that the right ingredients are there now to where we can, you know, grow even, even faster. And, uh, and if we're building bat in, for utility um, for a lot of these services, uh, you know, as those services scale with our audience, so does the value. So it's, it's not a binary thing, just to answer the question, right? Like we see these things, you know, the tokens a valuable part of the ecosystem, you grow the brave audience to get people into the ecosystem. And, and as all those things work together, you know, we have an opportunity to grow the value of BAT more than any other project in crypto period. Like uh, if we can, and yeah. I would just say it's one of my favorite projects. Okay. And I think there's so much more can be done. And with some of the, some of the new, uh, new roadmap items, which you're talking about and which you've published recently, I think it can be great. So we just have to, we just have to, uh, it's great to know that for, for you and the company in itself, the, the value of the token and driving value to the token is of very much importance. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I can give you a good example too, like, uh, that kind of builds on this, right? Like, um, and, and this is, <laughs> you're talking to the right guy. So like, I, I, like one of the things we were dealing with before, you know, we put a lot of focus on publishers and creators, really, we wanted to really kind of show them from the beginning, look, the systems kind of is not great outside of brave. We want to make something new for you all that is functional and is a way for you to earn better revenue um, without having to get stuck with this whole advertising bag that you're stuck with. Um, the problem we found over time was that like one brave wasn't big enough. So like, even if we found a publisher that wanted to work with us, um, they're running out of resources and, you know, it's hard to allocate things for something that, aren't going to give you like a return on investment right away. Um, and, and so what we started to do is, you know, the thing that became really interesting is as the value of bat increased this year, right? Like, and this thing, same thing happened in 2018, but we would start to notice that like, oh, we have this tipping banner built into the browser. If the bat, when the bat was like a dollar or like a dollar 40 or whatever, <laughs> I could go to somebody like, uh, you know, the LA times or another newspaper that might have a promotion where it's like, yeah, for, for $1, get a month of the New York times, right. For $1. And that's a promotion that these newspapers and publishers run often. Right. Well, then the back kept going up. Right. And it was like, well, you know what publisher, not only can we do that, we can match you on what your normal ing is with a single tip, but like a user making a one bat tip now is giving you more than what your lowest introductory offer is. And then it gets really interesting, right? So like for me, it's, it's a lot of this is about, yes, like, you know, it, it's tough to kind of talk about these things because of the regulatory landscape. And, and you want to make sure that you're not like, you know, pumping up the token or, or treating it as something that it isn't at the same time. Yes, the value of back goes up. It makes this interesting for everybody because everybody understands like, uh, you know, okay, if someone can come in and tip me once and have that account for my whole subscription cost that I would offer in a promotion, that's interesting. If they make a five bit bat tip, that's really interesting. All of a sudden I've got a multiplier on this, right? And, and so we've built in things like custom tipping amounts and things like that so that people can start to like play with that value. So that from the publisher and creator side, the value back going up is important. Also, because publishers are earning that. So if the value back goes up, then there's this interesting effect where they're like, oh, yeah, I've been earning bat for like a couple of years now. And I looked at my account and whoa, <laughs> you know, it was worth a lot more. Like, and it's the same thing that we saw with users too, where users, you know, the last year would say, okay, maybe I'd get like three or four bucks in bat a month. Um, all of a sudden it's seven or eight. Right. And, and it just becomes a really interesting story when you have millions of people using it. And all of a sudden, like people start to discover this, I think, because it's one really cool thing about what we're doing here is we do regular surveys, right, of our audience. And, uh, you know, we're seeing about 60%. And this is the, the audience that has opted into advertising. About 60% of the audience, and it varies a little bit from country to country, but roughly 60% of the audience is into crypto, is using crypto on a regular basis, knows what, a, you know, crypto is, right? 40% doesn't, and they're using it, which is a huge deal because if we can get that opt-in rate up and keep growing our audience, it gets to a situation where, okay, maybe that 60% goes down, but that number of people that aren't familiar with crypto are now familiar with it. Oh, and if the value of bad increases too, 
then it gets really interesting because then they're like, wow, okay, I treated this like it, I was just earning cents on the dollar before. Um, now I've got something that looks like a real chunk of money in my wallet that's growing. This is exciting and interesting. What can I use this for? Right. Like, and so the value of bad is very important to the project. It's not something that we pump. We don't talk about the price we don't go out there and do it. But what we really try to do is focus on the value that we bring with the product that uses bat. Right. So it's like, okay, you know, we'll talk about growth a lot. We talk about new features and products that we're working on because we're open source. We can actually go in. Like one thing I've been doing, you know, every other week roughly is kind of going in and showing people because there's always this interest in what we're doing around the wallet and around the roadmap. So I've just been going into GitHub and our repos and just pulling, you know, issues into a roundup that I can put on Twitter so people can see, hey, look, like you can go try this out right now. You can go look at the code right now. You can go see what the process is, process is happening. And we've actually got people doing that in the community wow. that are kind of tracking the project. It's one of the fun things about doing this in the open is that, you know, people can watch it get built. You can kind of, and people can chip in and help too. I mean, like, and so, so yeah, like the value of that's important to us. The value of the product is important to us and, and growing both of those things together is important. And as a project, we have to be careful with how we talk about that. But if we're promoting the product and the value that we bring with that, it's usually okay. I mean, like, and, and you know, the, the tricky part, you know, a year or two ago was that we didn't really know how we could talk about it in the best way that because there was so much uncertainty and you're in India, right? Like there, there, there's, uh, there's been a lot of recent uncertainty around crypto markets in India, right? Around regulation, like what's this gonna look like, you know? And we always hear about China, like every bull, bull cycle, uh, uh, China loves crypto, then China bans it and, you know, yada, yada, right? So, so there's a lot of this uncertainty that's in the market um but uh but but yeah i i just want to affirm that the project does care about the value of bat um we put a lot of focus into it and and into the product as well uh, but we we see them as a hand-in-hand -hand thing and not a this one thing or the other great. thanks for answering and, and i think it was a very very relevant question for all our viewers and i think just uh, just before taking the one last question i'm going to ask uh one quick one because i want i'm very curious to know are most of your users on mobile or are are on on computers that's really interesting. It's, it's about a 50, it's almost a 50, 50 split <laughs> between desktop and mobile. Um, but on, on mobile, it's primarily Android users. Um, and then on desktop it's primarily windows users and then uh, Mac OS and Linux is a third. Okay. That's, that's very good. In fact, uh, so that was actually very good understanding. Um, okay. So just, just the last question, I think this is what we do with all our, uh, all our, uh, guests and uh, thanks for being here and i think it was for me it was very very it was a learning experience also we could dive into what you guys are thinking from that side now we want to also hear about what from your vantage point you see india and crypto from your company's point from your own vantage point from where you are sitting what do you see uh how do you perceive what do you see and what do you hear yeah. Oh, I, I think, you know, India and crypto, India and growth with Brave is we've, we've had a good amount of users in India, like, and it's usually been on the mobile side um, because Brave is offering you something that's faster than Chrome, but you're saving data, you're saving battery life, right? Like these are important things um, for, especially for in countries like India, where you have a lot of mobile users and and uh, with the telco, you know, situation in India too, um, you know, value is always a, uh, you know, if we can save users battery life and data bandwidth and, and all of that on mobile in India, we're, we're doing something good. I think one thing that's been very, very top of mind, important to me, like as part of this whole thing with that um, and, and others in the project too, is if we have a situation where a user can earn bat every month and uh, that bat can have a meaningful value, um, you know, we're, we're doing a lot to positively impact the lives of those people, you know, in other countries. In the US, you might have a user that's like, okay, two or three bucks, but like you start getting to Southeast Asia and Asia and, you know, Africa, South America, even Europe, et cetera, like it, it can go a long way and it can be yeah, like, and we have people that have like- Full, full, full days meal, right? Two bucks is right. full days meal. So, yeah. and, 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 and there's a there's a variety too where it's like um, we had a referral program that we used for a couple of years where you know we had people that were making a good amount of income off of that especially in you know outside the US too they were like look I've been able to like 
dedicate a lot of my time to just growing brave, which is awesome because we, we love that, right? Like you get people that are passionate about it. Like you can't pay for that. Like you, you, and that's been the challenge, but like my whole team basically are all people that started working with brave because they were into brave. And then, you know, we found that we found really great fits with them within the company. Right. Like, and I think if you have somebody that just naturally cares about this or you can show them the value and then they see it and they're like, Whoa, okay. I don't see anybody else doing that for me. Like, you mean that this is my data, right? That's where we're at right now. Because like people don't even understand necessarily that their data is their data, right? Like, and what does that even mean? What does data mean, right? Like, um, but I think, you know, if I look at India, we've got a good amount of users there. I think we have not really tapped into that as much as we could have. And I, we've been working with um, some companies there on trying to get a bigger footprint. So I think that in India, you can start to see more and more traction around Brave because we deliver on a lot of those value points. And, and I think I mentioned uh, Brave Talk earlier, right? Like this Zoom challenger, like one of the things we're, we're considering doing when we go to market with that is offering it the ability to do one by one calling uh, without having to pay for it by opting into ads. So if you opt into Brave Rewards, you get to use one by one calling on Brave Talk without it costing you anything other than opting into rewards. So then you become a you know rewards user, you're earning BAT, we're bringing utility to bat. Well, we're also giving people a free service that they can use in a place where we're not dealing with like watching your minutes in the US, but in other places you are, right? Like, and if I can give you an option to have unlimited talk with your family and friends, um, and all you have to do is opt into uh, Brave Rewards where you're earning bat for viewing ads that aren't bad for your privacy, that's a pretty good deal. Like, and I think that there's things that we can do and we're working with people in, in India to kind of like, because it's a global thing, right? Like um, I, I, we, we worked with a lot of people in Japan. We've worked with a lot of people in Europe. We're working all over the world now. But um, the cool thing about what we're doing is we can go into a different country and look and see and talk to people that are there and be like, hey, you know, what is, what's on top of mind to people in India? How can we twist the value to show people, okay, we're saving you money on your data here. We're bringing you additional value with that that you weren't getting before. What does it start to look like in your normal life, right? Like for a month, you know, if I use Brave for three months in India, does that mean I've saved X amount of bandwidth? I've saved this much money and then I'm using this talk service and I'm earning bat, like life-changing stuff. <laughs> and so I think that this year we're putting a lot of focus on India. Like how can, what's the best value prop, the best messaging? We'd love to hear from your your audience too on this. Like uh, I'm, I'm just Luke Mulks at Twitter. DM me whenever you want, like if you have ideas for how we can um, uh, help to scale in India, because I think India is such a huge market. It's a savvy market and it's a connected market. And I think those are those things, the really interesting thing, I'm sorry to go on a tangent here, but like uh, one of the really interesting things that I've been seeing is, you know, this El Salvador announcement with Bitcoin, right? Where they say, okay, we're going to make Bitcoin legal tender in El Salvador. And you start to dig in, you're like, this is really cool. You start to dig in, you're like, wow, about 33% of the country is on the internet. Well, that's, that's a different thought. <laughs> or if I think about like a place like India, it's like, wow, like so many people are connected at such a scale. It's like, you get the right ingredients in there and it's like, it, this thing could grow like crazy. I mean, and the alternatives that they've been cracking down on a lot of them in India too. And it's like, if we can go in there with a really strong story and, and show people the value, once they start using it, they know it, right? Like you, you use Brave for a week, and then you go to Chrome and it's a different internet that you're using, right? Like you're going to pages and you're like, where's the content? Why am I getting bombarded and all these <laughs> things. But then, you know, also, if, you know, you can earn back too. like, that's not something you can get from another product. So I think that, you know, as long as we keep delivering on the principles that we, we set out to deliver on and then tuning those for the audiences and we can, there's nothing stopping us from creating programs that could work in India or in Brazil or in, you know, uh, uh, Southeast Asia, et cetera, that we have a lot of freedom to be able to do those things as long as we're complying with the law and, you know, making sure that's the thing that's been, you know, we were a real product before we had a token sale we got a lot of flack from people for not being decentralized enough or, you know, and not, you know, being pure enough. And I think that we actually have something to lose here. <laughs> like, like we, if we start to get too cowboy with how we do things on the regulatory side, there's a real risk to our business. And, uh, and, you know, we can't just go out there and say, Hey, you know, totally permissionless, yada, yada, when, when you have to deal with, Oh, well, there are banking regulations and we cannot, we cannot, you know, do things that are illegal and that could be sending money places that you know it shouldn't be sent to right like like so we've always had to be a little bit more cautious but 
we've never slowed down on what we're doing. And I think that, you know, I see frustration sometimes from the community with like, okay, uh, you know, this new feature, why doesn't it have bat? Or, you know, why aren't you guys more focused on bat or whatever? And a lot of this is like, well, we have a limited amount of people. If we can build the features in, whether they have bat or not on day one, we can begin to put bat in them like over time. And I think so much of this is on like prioritizing, you know, work and resources and making sure that like, okay, you've got people focusing on these things that are really important that can help you grow brave. Then we can plug bat into them if it doesn't have it on day one or, or, you know, thinking about bat, it's like a, a global token, but you're dealing with exchanges, you're dealing with rules and different parts of the world that aren't uniform. Uh, and so, you know, sometimes it does take a little bit longer to have a go to market with bat than it does for other things, just because we have to make sure that we're being compliant everywhere. And so, you know, hand in hand, but I think that like, what we're trying to do here is, you know, Brave's a global company, the internet is global and beyond someday, right? Like, like uh, uh, we, we want to be a central part of that and uh, we want to be protecting users and we want to be bringing value. And, and we've got a great running start. And I think that, you know, this roadmap we've got, you know, between the decentralized exchange aggregator that's going to be in the wallet, the stuff that we're doing with the themes around, you know, progressive decentralization of the advertising platform that can apply to everything else that we're using the token with too. It's an interesting time right now. You've got EVMs, you've got L2s, you've got L1 solutions that are getting really interesting. Ethereum, you know, going to E2. There's a lot going on, right? And, and, and a, lot, a lot, a lot. And, and with us, it's like, we want to try different things out. We want to evaluate. We want to see what's going on. Uh, but with us, it's like what decisions we make around that um, take a little more time sometimes because you've got so many people using something. It's like kind of like, I don't like using this example, but I'll use it anyway. <laughs> so you have like, a, like, you know, that ship that got stuck in the Suez, right? Like uh, high winds, right? And uh, having a canal that's too narrow, but that you can go in most of the time, you have to kind of plan the course, right? Like with us, it's like, we have to, we see what's going on with web three, with L2s, L1s, all these things. There's a lot of, we, we, a lot of us on staff, like myself included, are in there playing with these things on a daily basis, right? But with us, it's also like, okay, what I do in my spare time <laughs> is different than what I do that might go out to 33 million people, right? Um, so a lot of focus has to be on like, okay, are these new services, is it something we can adapt with? Uh, can we use privacy with it? Um, is it secure enough? Uh, are we comfortable with what, these uh, solutions are doing as far as everything from, you know, uh, are, are, do they have governance models in place? Are they using a multi-sig? Like what, what's going on, right? Things that are important questions, um, you know, when you have this many users. So it's always a little bit different of a story with us because we've always been product first, but, and user first. But uh, I think that as long as we do what we're doing, um, you know, and delivering things that people want, uh, we can scale this up. Like people, some people just naturally want something better. And if we can do something to show them, hey, not only are we keeping the bad, you know, interests from taking your information and tracking you, but also we're giving you value in your life. Like here it is, <laughs> simpler, easier, you know, port this thing over, get your friends and family using it, you know, and, and let us know when things don't work. We want to know, like our CEO's on Twitter. I'm on Twitter. All of us are on Twitter. We're on Twitter, GitHub, Reddit. We have a ear to the ground. We want to build something that people want to use. And, it, you know, so, so don't be shy with feedback. That's all I got to say to you and your audience. Like we, we love it. We, we see you all as part of this because, you know, without that, we're not, we have to get the product market fit. You don't get that unless you're talking with the market on a daily basis and, and, and use user, user first company. This stuff is so important to us. I mean, like you'll see Brendan on Twitter talking with anybody that has questions, right? Like as long as it's not too trolly or whatever, like, but that's reasonable. <laughs> but, uh, but I think, you know, that level of engagement is, it's like, it's like creating a movement around it. Right. Um, and, 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 but it's not just about technology. It's kind of about, you know, user agency, like you should represent yourself. You should have control. You should be able to do these things. I mean, the thing with DeFi that's been so powerful is it's like, wow, I can go in and do things that I would normally have to have a broker or a licensed thing to do. And I can experiment with this technology right now. How can we use pieces of that technology to add significant value to users, right? Like, okay, maybe I'm earning two to three bat. Uh, or two to three dollars in bad a month um, over a year that gets to be sizable well here are some other options where you can earn more with that you know like how, how can we go beyond even just advertising and like bring more options to earn bat to this ecosystem because that's what we've got here we've got a neat situation where you know when we brought the ad platform to market um, it was all about well can we get advertisers to 
spend the minimum amount uh, and and we we were like that we required and we're like okay well we hope so i mean like we're building something that we think people will want to use we went from that to like now where we have crypto companies that are building their whole marketing strategy around brave because we can bring them enough quality users to grow their product right like it's a different dynamic now and so like making sure that like we pick the right you know partners and we pick the right path and all that but i think the roadmap covers that like it covers kind of our focus it's like we've we've done a lot on the foundational side with bringing an attention economy to market how can we use these new innovations in blockchain in web3 to like bring this to more people to bring more value to more people to show them what you and i and your audience is already into with this stuff like it, it's a, it's a it changes the whole game uh, you know, people have been getting, you know, the raw end of the deal for a long time. And if we can build technology that helps to give them a fair shake, let's do it. You know, that's what we're all about. Yeah, no, this is, this is great. So I, I let you speak uh, because I was enjoying. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, and I think I'm tangent. <laughs> uh, it, was, it was great. So uh, in fact, uh, we're on top of the hour. Thanks for taking the time. In fact, we, I, I personally learned a lot. I, it was a great conversation. It was also about uh, uh, about uh, knowing about yourself, about your company, and how you guys see the market. So we are very happy with the conversation. Thanks for your time. Yeah, thanks for having me, and I'd love to come back too and and do check-ins, you know, with you all as we progress too. Yeah, what we will also do is we will set up another time because we have our own company, and we can we think that there are some synergies which we can work with. And we will come back with some ideas that how we can partner together. Uh, for example, you were talking about the Gemini card, which is largely if you, if you spend the Gemini card, you get, uh, you earn Bitcoin, but we are about spending your coin. So if you, if we can introduce, uh, in which you, and we have that right now on our app. So you can spend, oh, cool. you can, uh, you can deposit your bat, you can uh, sell your bat, convert to dollar, add onto the card and spend. So yeah. it's like, it's like it's so because it's getting a little difficult for Asia specifically to spend a lot of uh, their cryptos. So we've, we've solved that problem, and I think that's uh, that's something which we have a good user base. And other thing also is that we are totally aligned in our thought process that product is first. So we focus on the product, and we go from there. Uh, the users come, the the token price will. We always try to uh, work towards driving the value to the token. So. <laughs> Good. So it was it was a great conversation. Uh, we will we will continue. We will have one more call, and we will most likely uh, we'll end here this one, and we will most likely post this in within uh, a couple of days. And then right. and then we will we will market it. We we think that we will have some good reach, uh, and then we, we can come back and talk more about India and and how we can help you grow and some more feedback and some more some more closing the loops. Love it. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah. And uh, if anybody wants to reach out, it's just uh, Luke Mulks, L-U-K-E-M-U-L-K-S uh, on Twitter. That's just my handle. Um, and, and please go check out brave.com. Uh, uh, try the product out. Let us know what you think. Uh, we, we love to uh, hear what everybody has to say. And we want to build a bigger imprint in India for sure. Yeah, it's a brave, brave thing which you guys are doing. That's how I put it now. Uh, <laughs> by, <laughs> by challenging the some of the uh, trillion dollar market cap company so it's great so we, we love what you do uh, thanks for being here yeah thanks, thanks so much cheers